Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> you know, I, 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 You're in the oh! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked a young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. You can watch us on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live. Brought to you by playground open 24 7 drinks are always free while you play over 600 machines daily promotions including bust the bank pirate edition with a 100,000 weekly top prize every sunday and a 1 million dollar top prize at the grand finale on september 10 located just over the mercia bridge only minutes from downtown montreal also brought to you in part by La Bit at TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bit at TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bit at TB, embrace your true nature. And brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, named by the Financial Times as one of America's fastest growing companies in 2023, having been recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end to end logistics services. Join a winning team. Check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. This guy impressed us so much when he joined us last time that we decided to bring him back. He was so good talking about. Matt Vemichkov and why he thinks the Montreal Canadiens blew it and passed up on a generational talent, a guy who could have been the Montreal Canadiens' best offensive talent since the late, great Guy Lafleur. He was talking about Matt Vemichkov, of course. Uh, but at the end of that conversation, he said to me, Tony, listen, even though they passed up on Michkov, and I think that was the pick, the next best pick would have been Reinbacker. And he said, it doesn't take away from the fact that I have full confidence in Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon, and I believe they will deliver a Stanley Cup to the Montreal Canadiens in the next couple of years. The second he said that, my eyes opened even wider, and I said, I have to get him on again. Former agent with the Sports Corporation, who uh, is the firm that represented, of course, Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher, among many others with Tip Top Management, which is now a concierge service for hockey players and athletes all over the world. David Etigui. David, how are you? I'm doing great, Tony. How are you? Very, very, very good. So you said, and, and by the, it's funny you said this because, you know, it's not a, the Canadians haven't won the Stanley Cup in 30 years. So it's not an easy thing for a member of the media to come out and say, you know what, I think they're going to win a cup. 
I don't know if I ever said that during the Mark Bergevin era. As a matter of fact, I don't think I did. I don't think I did. And one of the, and if I didn't, one of the reasons why I didn't is because I wanted the Montreal Canadiens to adopt a rebuild plan while Bergevin was there. And they never went with a rebuild. They went with a retool or a reset or whatever you want to call it, but never with a rebuild. When Jeff Gordon came in, it was clear that he came in once once you see started talking that even though he wasn't saying the word rebuild, it was clear he wanted to rebuild. When he brought in Kent Hughes, once you heard him talking, it was clear he wanted to rebuild, but they were shy to use the term rebuild. And at one point, Jeff Molson, the owner of the Montreal Canadiens, used it, as a matter of fact, in conversation with our buddy Stu Cowan from the Montreal Gazette and Hockey Inside Out. And I think it's pretty much now it's been admitted by everyone that the Canadians have undergone a rebuild. They don't even think they're going to make the playoffs this year. If you listen to Kent Hughes, but he said, you know what? The game is played on the ice. Anything can happen. But you see the moves that they're doing. He admitted to doing a rebuild. Try to accelerate it a little bit. So sometimes going after prospects instead of getting draft picks in return. Always stockpiling assets trying to take money off the cap by getting rid of some contracts. And once again, accumulating as many assets as possible. And when I saw the way they were going about their business, very clinical in their ways, very surgical in their approach, I've nicknamed Kent Hughes the stockbroker. If you see the way he makes trades, for me, He's buying low, he's selling high, he's getting more assets, then he's dumping, then he's dumping somewhere else, going to get more assets. Take a look at the Petrie trade, for example, right? He trades Petrie, he ends up getting a big asset, gets that asset, then all of a sudden goes out, uh, acquires Petrie again, trades Petrie for a couple of assets, and he's always trying to stockpile those assets. So you know what? I've said on a couple of occasions, and I'm going to say again tonight, I believe this management group, the double-headed monster of Gorton and Hughes will deliver a Stanley Cup in Montreal. How long it will take, I don't know. But I believe they will. And it sounds like you do too. But let's see if you're a little bit different than I am because I don't know when they will. When do you think they will? Let me tell you one thing. First of all, Tony, I, com I completely agree with you. And everything that you said about Kent Hughes, and Gordon and the new management team and the way he's been dealing, doing business, he's been impressive. And okay, I cut, believe... Cut, cut this clip, by the way. Cut this clip where Dave says that he agrees with me. And let's put it all over every social media channel. Dave coming on saying, Tony, I completely agree with you. This is going to go viral. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Dave, for joining us. Have a great night. Take care. Cha-cha. Continue, my friend. Continue. <laughs> I really do. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. It, it's funny you're asking me this because I remember in 2020 and um, December of 2020, I yeah. went on the L'Antichambre. I was on L'Antichambre and in uh, 91.9 back in the days. And I, and I stunned everybody in the media in Quebec, everybody around the NHL. When I said the Montreal Canadian will reach the, the, the Stanley Cup final, this year. And the Canadians were borderline not making the playoffs. I went live on RDS and I said that in the I remember that. That's true. That's true. That's true. Mathias, Mathias Brunet that you know very well was yes. shocked. 
yeah. even called me afterwards. And uh, and they actually went all the way to the Stanley Cup that year. Yeah. And uh, there was a reason why I said that. First of all, of course, uh, I, I believed in what Mark Bergevin did that specific year. Yeah. And I, I remember telling Mark Bergevin at that point, I, I called him up and I go, Mark, there's when he made the Stanley Cup final, the you, second you, day You won, had a good relationship with him, eh? Yeah, and, and you know what? He liked you a whole lot, Tony. Pe- oh, really, people, eh? People don't know that, but he had a good relation with you. He really respected you. You know but what? I, I, I had a feeling that he liked me. He, he never did. told me, Tony, I like you, but I had a feeling that we, we had something. He respected you, but I could tell you one thing for sure. The second they won and they made the Stanley Cup final, I didn't call any other player. I reached out to Mark Bergevin, and I told him, Mark... There's two people in the city that believe you would make the Stanley Cup final. It was you and me. And now it you did it. Congra- congratulations. It he, was, he was so happy. He was, I, really? you know, it's I, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, and I, and I, I, I had, you know, but, I, they but would I, make I'm, it. I'm more intrigued with the whole thing that he liked me or that he respected me. No, the, uh, he told you or listen, he always told me that you, uh, you were on the ball and what you did. And uh, I don't disagree. Now there's a lot, you know. I you you probably had a you had a close really. I mean, you've seen him on a daily basis. I mean, covering the Montreal Canadiens for such a long time. Uh, I, I, but I look. I got to tell you this. I thought he respected me. And you want to know why? I thought he respected tell me, me. Tell me because I think I asked him some questions that others probably, with all due respect to others, I'm not talking for everyone, but most others. Didn't have the courage to ask, and I think he respected that I had that courage to ask it with the respect in which I asked it. Tony, I think it was more. I I I kind of agree with this, but let me tell you, let me be more surgical about it. My hair, my curly hair, my blue. Yeah, they're eyes. beautiful, beautiful Thank hair, you. man. Thank <laughs> you. I just want to tell you that your Thank questions you. are probably more out of the box. They're not regular questions that are expected. That was the thing. All right. Okay. And, good, and I think it covered it. But anyways, that's a different story. Feels so much so better now. There, there's, there's a way, Tony, why, why I believe a team could make a Stanley Cup final or win a Stanley Cup. There's things that don't lie. So why did, at, why did you believe that Bergevin team in 2021 was going to make the final? Very, very simple. The Montreal Canadiens, first of all, knowing Carey Price, Brendan Gallagher, they've been friends for many years. I knew that Carey was not in 100%. I knew it was, I, w- I weren't sure he was going to stop afterwards, but I knew it was probably one of his last chance really making it. Shea Weber, I knew he was going to give it all. I didn't know he was going to stop after, but I knew that they had an opportunity. And what happened, Tony, what made the big, big, big difference is that Mark Bergevin was able to add some, some fantastic uh, veterans like Stahl, like Perry, guys that were in their, let's say, at the end of their career. Yeah. But why were they so good? And why did I believe they would make it? Why? Because he, it he, was added, sh- he added veterans that had a run left in them. In Perry's no, case, even no, more. No, not that, even. Was- That's one point. But let me go even further. Yeah. Why? Because what's the problem with a 38 year old guy like, let's say, uh, Perry or whatever? The problem is that he cannot sustain an 82-game season and then play 24 games in the playoffs and be just as efficient. If I would take today a player at 38 years old, a Sidney Crosby in three years, and give him a 40-season game, he would be just as good as before. 
The problem is that they don't have the stamina to last 120 games. And when and when Mark got these guys like Stahl and Perry in a shortened season, I knew that they will be able to play at the level. They had gas in the tank left. That they had gas in the tank with the talent because talent, Tony, you don't lose. It's the body that lets you go. No, you lose that second. You lose that fraction of a second. You lose, you lose some of those the, rhythms. But the, Okay, you're not on the first line, but you're on the second, third line, but you know how to make the difference and you can make a difference. And that's what these veterans did. Plus the energy and Shea Weber and Carey and all these guys, I knew they had a shot. And there it was, was something I liked about that team. Okay, and there's a few elements I liked about that team, but you're right in going out and acquiring those guys. John Merrill, by the way, was a good acquisition too that year, one that nobody talks about. But what I liked about that team was is that even though it's a new NHL and they move the puck fast and it's a really fast game and you got to move your feet and all that stuff, you know as well as I do in the playoffs, games are refereed differently. And the four that they had on defense with Petrie and uh, Weber and Sherratt and Edmondson, but notably Sherratt, Edmondson, and Weber, they used the lumber quite a bit. And if that was the regular season, they were getting at least three to four penalties per game. And some of those games in the playoffs, they weren't getting any penalties. And I knew that going to the front of the net, was going to be a place that if you were the opposition, you weren't going to want to go. That was going to be painful. And uh, and so, look, <laughs> it's a funny story because I had put some money that year on the Canadians to win the Cup, not because I thought the wow. Canadians were going to win the Cup, obviously, but because for the odds that they were giving, I didn't think it was going to be impossible to make a run. But stupid me. Instead of hedging my bet in the final, even though deep down inside, I thought Tampa Bay was going to win. But because we're in Montreal and we're all caught in the hype, and I said to myself, you know what? Let it ride. I'm not going to hedge the bet. Either I go big or go home. Well, yeah, guess what? I ended up going home. Yeah. I called them to lose. I, I said they would go to the Stanley Cup final. I never said they would win it because I expected probably the avalanche to be there. Or maybe the lightning. But mainly I was afraid of the avalanche. And I felt at that point they, they okay. couldn't sustain that talent. Okay, but, uh, I'm going to ask you the right. question I asked you before. Gordon and Hughes, you believe they're going to win a cup in their mandate. When do you yes. think? 27-28, latest. Latest? 27-28. In five years, four, four to five years, 27-28 for me is the right timing. And four I'll explain why for many different okay. reasons. You sent over, I've been told, by Shane Gomo and Master Control, that you sent over a roster that I haven't seen yet, okay? And it's uh, he just sent me a note that you have a roster to start the 2027 season, okay, I believe. Let's bring up the forwards. I'll put on my glasses here. 2027 projected cup roster, which could be 2027, by the way, or it could be 27-28, okay? Like you said, it's one or the other. Uh, you have Doc centering Cole Caulfield and uh, William Nylander. That's correct. You have Suzuki centering Slavkowski and Newhook. You have Owen Beck centering Sean Farrell and Joshua Roy. And you have Misak with Tuck on his left. 
and Heineman and or Yelonen because a 23-man roster, of course, is 13 forwards, eight defensemen, and two goalies. These are your forwards. Let's leave this up for a while here. I'll start with this. The fact that you have Doc playing with Caulfield, is that your first line or is Suzuki playing with Slavkoski your first line? That is my first line. Doc, Caulfield, Nylander? Yes. So you believe, this this is very interesting. So you believe that in several years from now, Kirby Doc will be the Canadian's number one centerman yes. ahead of Nick Suzuki. Yes, I do. Tell me why. He's the whole package. You need it's your first, it's your first unit. You need a big guy in the center. You win Stanley Cup with big guys in the center. You need that. I mean, any team, we have people, players like Getzlaff, all these big guys. The Montreal Canadian won the Stanley Cups in the because they had a guy like Bobby Smith. You need a big center in order to win the Stanley Cup. Maybe Doc, I'm not saying that Doc will put more points in a season than Suzuki, but as a big package, a big guy that could put between 60 to 70 points to 75 points, play those tough minutes, be a presence, be good, complement two very skilled um, wingers. I think Doc is only 21. He's going to he has another two years probably in front of him. I would say about another, another two years, we'll see the real deal. We'll see what's the what's his ceiling at that point. And I think Doc is going to be the number one center at that point for the first line of the Montreal Canadiens of that uh, Stanley Cup uh, roster. Listen, this is not a crazy opinion, even though a lot of people watching right now don't agree with it because obviously Kirby Doc has never put up more than 38 points at the National Hockey League level. And Nick Suzuki has put up more points than that. And as a matter of fact, if you take a look at Suzuki before playing, uh, you know, Nick Suzuki's career high in the National Hockey League level is 66 points. Suzuki's career high of playing in the Ontario Hockey League is 100 points. Doc's career high playing in the WHL is 70, uh, 73 points. So Suzuki has always put up more points than Doc. Having said that, Kirby Doc, is a former third pick overall. Suzuki is a former 13th pick overall. Once again, there's plenty of players who were drafted around 13th who ended up being better than the guy who was drafted at third. But for the most part, if a team is going to pick you at third, it's because they believe that you're going to pan out to be better than the guy who was picked at 13. Now, we also have to put into context, it was two different drafts, of course. Suzuki was the 2017 draft, and Kirby Doc was the 2019 draft. But yeah, Kirby Doc is 22 years of age. Nick Suzuki is 24 years of age. Doc is younger. Not everyone knows that. So you believe that Doc, with his six foot four frame, compared to Suzuki's 5'11 frame, even though he's always put up lesser offensive numbers, because he's a whole package, you believe he'll eventually be the Montreal Canadiens' number one centerman. Tony, the second you reach 50% at face-off, he's the number one center of that team. It's probably going to take another year, year and a half, and he's going to raise to about 60 points, 70 points. I'm not saying he's going to put 90 points. That's not going to happen. But 70 points is good enough for a big guy like that. It reminds me a lot of Getzlaff. Getzlaff was not putting no 130 points. Big guy, big presence, and he's going to have 
two fantastic Caulfield on one side, which I believe will probably run for the, the, the Rocket Richard at some point, okay? And uh, Nylander, or we could discuss this right after, but somebody real talented that's going to put 90 points on the wings. And at this point, every team, every every uh, every line needs a guy that's going to be in front of the net, that's going to do the gritty stuff, that's going to do what the other two guys don't want to do. I remember back in the days uh, with with the Lightning, Ryan Malone used to do that job for for guys like Marty San Louis and for Vinny Le Cavalier. Yeah, you need yeah. that big guy on the first line to win yeah. Stanley Cup. That's Kirby Doc. It's not Suzuki. William Nylander who plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs, will be a UFA at the end of the 2024 season. Instead of the Toronto Maple Leafs trading him, you think he's going to go to unrestricted free agency, he will walk, and the Canadians will scoop him up. I hope for the Montreal Canadiens, Tony, because they absolutely need, and they have nobody in their system right now, that's, that's going to have that has that level of a Nylander that could be ready to go in four or five years to win a cup. You were hoping it was going to be Michkov. You got it. And because Michkov is not there. And if Michkov would have been there, if they would have drafted Michkov, I imagine that Nylander is not on your list and Michkov is. Is that correct? It would have been Michkov and they could have got maybe Dubois this year if they, they, they didn't. Or it could be another player that could play top two lines, big guy, big body. Okay, that would have been perfect. It's not crazy to think that Nylander will sign with another team because the Toronto Maple Leafs, knowing Nylander's in the final year of his contract, they'll obviously try and sign him, correct? They'll but, know. But, they, won't, they will not sign him, Tony. People need to take that out of their head. No? They're, they're, I don't see it happening. With the, They have Austin Matthews. They have so much on the line. They've been trying that route before, and there's just two... Even if they, but well, you, they don't think, you, don't think, you, you don't think they'll trade him because they're trying to win a cup. Oh, yeah. So they're gonna have I to think I, yeah, I'll tell you what's going to happen, Tony. Tell me what I think is going to happen. I I'm can't not wait God, to hear God this. forbid. I'm not God, but I could tell you one thing. Where's going to be the issue? The Toronto Maple Leafs will never trade Nylander to the Montreal Canadiens, even if they get a better offer. It's not going to happen, of course. Not. So, if Toronto is able to make a trade, Nylander will never come to Montreal. But there's the problem. In order to get fair value or good value for a Nylander, it needs to be a sign and trade. Of course. And 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 my uh, people, the people that I speak to around the league, yeah, that are involved with Nylander and that understand what's going on, not not his agent or anything, but people that understand a little bit what's going on, are telling me he has very high expectation for his next contract. And this is where the problem well, is. He plays, he, has, he, play, he plays on a team where uh, where where Matthews and Marner get over $10 million and so Tavares gets 11 There you go. So you're called the Anaheim Ducks, okay, or whatever team that is, like the Montreal Canadian, looking for a top talent, a top-line player like him. And he's telling you, I want $80 million for the next eight years, or I want $88 million in the next eight years. I'm not no, spending that money on a winger. No way. It, there you go. But the Montreal Canadian, go backward a little bit. What did our friend Ken Yu said? I'm getting ready to overpay if I need to. Whether it's, he didn't mention of salary, but he mentioned in assets in order to get the, the person that the player that he wants. At this point, sign and trade will be hard for the Leafs. Why? Because Nylander wants a lot of money. And he's not going to sign 20 million less than what he wants to please 
the Toronto Maple Leafs in order for him to be traded and for them to get assets back. That's why I think there's a chance, a 50-50 chance, that he will fall UFA. And if he falls UFA, usually there's another issue, is that some players that play for Boston or that play for Montreal, or they don't want to, or like Matt Sundin did, they don't want to come in Montreal and, 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 and told Bob Gainey it was not possible, okay? Neil Ander is not that type of player. He's the type of player that is going to be, listen, I love Toronto, this and that. I probably wouldn't mind playing for the Montreal Canadian. You know, he's going to follow the money. The money. There. He's going to follow the he's money. He's going to follow the money. It's not Milan Lucic that didn't come to Montreal and at the end went to Edmonton. It's not going to be uh, all these guys that could have played for for uh, for a rival team. So it's he's not at that level. So I expect the money is there, and he's going to look at the Montreal Canadian and say, "Hey, that team has is going to have a shot at this, at the cup in the next few years. I want to be part of that. I never won the cup in Toronto." Unless they win this year, obviously. Yes. Wow. Okay. Suzuki, Slavkowski, Newhook. Owen Beck is the guy that you've identified as, you know, the shutdown player, the 200-foot player a couple of years from now. It makes sense. Owen Beck makes sense. Uh, Farrell on the wing and Joshua Roy. So you have, you know, a shutdown guy who's playing in between two guys that have great hands. Yeah. That 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 line could be a second line on any team in the NHL at that point. And Roy, Roy is going to surprise a whole bunch of people. Let me tell you. I don't know. And about Beck that. and Beck too. Roy I don't know about that. Roy, Farla, Dave. No, no. What I'm trying to say, he's not going to be a he's not going to be superstar in the NHL. But Roy is going to be a really good winger. So he's got talent. He needs to improve the foot speed. Obviously, if but as a third line, five years from now. It could be. There's a good chance that he's going to be able to. So I got to tell you this. I saw Luke Tuck at development camp. This guy has the intangibles of an NHL player. How did you like him? He's a uh, he's a gamer. He's big. He comes to play. He could skate. He plays. He's, he's he plays a man's game. Yeah, and he could easily be bumped to the third line. Easy. You know what okay. I like about him? The second he picks up the puck, he puts the head down. He takes the puts the shoulder down. Goes to the net. There's no uh, zigzag here. He go. He just goes. That's it. You know. I, I like him. I mean, he has Heineman, Heineman has a major league shot. By the way, I like Yelonen's shot too. Mishak. We'll have so to Mishak, wait and see. Mishak is what people don't expect. And let me tell you about Mishak. He last year was a bit disappointing. It it, it wasn't where he wanted it to be. But very disappointing, Dave. Very disappointing. And now, but let me tell you one thing. It's a puzzle. A Stanley Cup roster, Tony, is a puzzle. And you cannot just have four offensive-minded centers. Misak is a, a poor Thomas Placanic. Let me tell you. And that, for me, is very good poor. enough. Yeah, very, very poor. poor. Well, yeah, but enough. I, I believe that he's going to be able to, be a, to run that fourth line, okay, in a way that he's going to be responsible He's going to do what he needs to do. He's going to have wingers that are talented, uh-huh. and he, he has some some level of talent. When he played in the in the in the in the OHL, Misak was pretty good. He was able to put some points, so he can understand offense. I think for fourth line, and we're talking about a guy like uh, the fourth mm-hmm. lines that we have now. You know, um, um, who do we have now on the fourth line? We Jake have Evans. Uh, Jake Evans. So you tell me, Misak, Jake, Misak in four years. Don't talk about don't think about Misak today. 
Yol Armia, Michael Pizzetta, possibly, possibly RHP. Here. Yeah. Won't be here. Well, RHP will, maybe in four or five years. I highly doubt it. You doubt it? I doubt it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this is the fun of the uh, of this conversation. A shout out to Murphy Clinic, by the way, an aesthetic clinic uh, specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics: one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit MurphyClinic.ca or on Instagram at Murphy Clinic. All right. Okay. Now on defense. The lineup that you project to be on a Canadian's team that will win the cup either in 26-27 or 27-28. Gooley, Mayu, Hudson, Reinbacker, Angstrom, Matheson, Jackye, and Barron. Those are your eight. And I, don't is... see, I don't see Jaden Struble. No. I don't see Jordan Harris. Obviously, Savard has been traded away by then. I want to talk to you about Mayu. How sold are you on him? I love him. He's a stud. Because you know, Simo, the snake Boisvert? Mm. I call him Userpent, the snake, <laughs> the serpent. Userpent, you understand? I understand, yes. His evaluation of Mayu, career AHLer, maximum, maximum, Sixth, seventh D in the National Hockey League, eight minutes a game. That's coming from, once again, Simo the Snake Boisvert, a.k.a. Userpent. Everybody's allowed to, is, is entitled to his opinion. But you what think I can tell you... But you think, uh, he's, you think he's, uh, he's on Chango. Can, can, can I tell you something very personal? Yeah. But I'm going to share it with all of you. With your thousands of listeners. Thousands. We're at the millions, my friend. Millions. We pay thousands to the collaborators, but we're at millions. Go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you something. Yeah. Whenever they made that pick, probably 30 seconds after, huh. I texted Mark Bergevin. And Mositumo. Listen to this. Oh, yeah? I told Mark Bergevin, Mark, you took a very, very, very tough decision. It's, you're going to have, it's going to be hell. But you took a heck of a player. And I'm thinking that if I would have been in your shoes, I would have done the same thing. Whoa. And Mark Bergevin told me, David, we're so happy we made that pick. That was not even a minute after they picked him. Let me tell you one thing. Mayu is not supposed to be a 31st overall. And no. don't get me wrong. No, I no, totally... hold, on hold on a second. The Canadians believe... The Canadians had him in the top 10 on their list. I agree. Probably half of the teams did. And they believe that there were other teams that had Mayu on the top 10. So when he was available at 31, as much as they knew there was going to be backlash, but let's be honest here, they didn't anticipate nearly the backlash and the hate that they got. They didn't anticipate that. They knew there was going to be backlash. They didn't think it was going to be as much as there was. They underestimated that. And Jeff Molson even admitted that they underestimated the backlash that was going to come with it. But, but their main they reason... They stuck by the kid. They stuck by the kid. They didn't trade him. They didn't give in. They apologized. They did what they had to do. They kept the kid. And today, everybody sees them as a fantastic well, kid. Well, they were trying to get the best possible pick at pick 31 when it's hard to get the best possible pick because you're picking the second last pick of the first round. 
they believed they got a steal of the draft. That's what did. happened. And they did. I remember Timmons going live on TV not, after Not that. according to Userpente. No, but listen, that's I, I would tell you one thing. I don't know one scout that I spoke to or anybody around the league that told me that Mayu is not at least a top four in the NHL. I haven't. Basically, it goes from being a start defense in the NHL to be yeah. a fourth a fourth defense, a number four defense. I never heard of an AHL or, or number six seven or eight. seven playing eight minutes a okay. game. The only guy I'm, you ever heard that from is once again, Userpent. <laughs> okay, time will tell. I'm thinking of getting a shirt that says Userpent. Do you think everyone I will mean, get it? I mean, you could sell it at a flea market. You're going to make a fortune. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right about that. Okay, Gooley, Hudson, Rhineback. So you know what? There are some who say, hey. Why doesn't Lane Hudson change his game and play as a forward in the National Hockey League level? Because the naysayers, some you know, don't think you'll be able to sustain the physical. Don't be able. Don't think you'll be able to push away players. Don't be. Don't think you'll be able to sustain a bigger body in front of the net. Okay. You see okay. no problem. Not only do I see no problem, when I'm putting you Gouli, Mayu, Hudson, Reinbacker, it's going to be number one, number two, number one, number two, A and B. Listen to me. The Montreal Canadiens, look at this defense I'm showing you right now. Yeah. Seven out of those eight are top four defense in any team in the league in 2027. And but probably Jack, half of them are top two. Jack is not going to be a top four defenseman in the league. That's what I'm telling you. But Angstrom has the potential. Oh, Madison so you- could be. Barron has definitely the potential. He's only 21. Rhinebacker will. Hudson is going to be all over the place. Gulen Mayu, it's a sure thing. They'll have the best defensive core of the NHL. You Don't work your head. You and think, let me tell you, you think uh, Barron sure. could, could be a number four by 2027? Yeah, let me inter- tell you something. Interesting Barron, when Barron came back at the end of last season, we looked saw good. Skate he well. looked good. Man, he's 21 years old. Yeah. At at some point, you have to understand that usually a defense is really strong around 25 to 30 years old. That's his peak. That's where he started really to to 27 is really the top, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, this is what it is. I mean, at 32, they're still good, but usually but, between but, but at 21, at 21, you shouldn't be seeing me at Superneuf and Richelieu or at the Dagobah in Quebec City. Flying off the chandeliers at that point. Baron was a top prospect, Tony, coming yeah. in the in the draft. Okay. Yeah. All right. Don't don't forget one thing. And to answer your question about Hudson, huh. Vancouver doesn't have a problem playing use on defense, even if he's a small guy, he finds his way. I understand Hudson maybe uh will have to learn different things. Modern day player, Quinn Hughes, modern day player. Hey, Hudson with right backer. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's a match made in heaven. And then you have Gouli and Mayu, you have the beast of Gouli. With Mayu, that is going to be probably 6'4", 222 pounds, with a shot. Means like a 222 like, pounds. God forbid you would have told me 223 or 221. You had to give me 222 pounds. But th- I think that's what he is right now. Last not last 220, I've not 225, not to 222 pounds. Last I checked, he was 222. Amazing. Now, you know, you know now, that he shoots the puck at 105 miles per hour yes, already? It, it's, it's not uh, like uh, Weber, but almost. I mean, where do you find a guy like that? That's not an AHL guy. I'm sorry to tell you. Now, this guy, this guy, when he shoots the puck at the National Hockey League level, there are people not going to want to get in the way of the goalie. They're going to move out of the and way. Gouli? Hopefully, and Hopefully, it's not going to be a la Gaston Gingras when he used to line up. With all due respect to Gaston, people in the yeah, Blues used to duck. Remember? Listen, yeah, but Gaston, Gaston was not the size of Mayu. 
No, no. <laughs> we know no, Gaston but, very well. But Gaston had a great time, remember? But it was like planes coming in from Dorval Airport. <laughs> right over here. <laughs> okay. Listen, yeah. Great defense score. Best in the league. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, that's that's what's going to make. That's it a defense right score there. that's going to move the puck. Move the puck. Clear the clear the crease. Well, clear the keys. Uh, the, the 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 crease. Gooley. Oh. Gooley. Mayu. Mayu. Reinbacker. Reinbacker. Reinbacker is going to use it. You think Reinbacker is going to turn into a physical defenseman? He's going to be good enough to move you. He's the guy's six two. He's going to be probably six two six three. He, he's already six two and a half. You're Are right you kidding about that. me? Yeah. And he's playing. This kid is playing with grit. I never saw him live, but I could tell from what I've seen on the clips, you could see that the guy has grit. And his extent. growth, his growth plates, by the way, are still open. Hudson too. All Listen, of a sudden, we're average, growth plates. Tony, the average size of that defense is almost 6'3", 208 pounds. Are you he, kidding me? He pulled this, up two hundred and eight, but it cheese. No, because I, I I checked into it. You have to understand. I'll tell you something else. So when you did this whole exercise, when you did this whole exercise, you so listen. You have basically. Hold on a second. All kidding aside, here I know what you're doing now. Okay, you've put together some analytics. There's some data, some data entry. You you have come up. I know what you did. I know what you did. You've come up. You've you've entered in some statistical data. You've come up with a formula. There is there is something that you're saying. If you have this, 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 you can win Bang. the cup, and you put it. Let together. me tell you, Tony, you got it, and yeah, I'll tell you I got it. I'm just in Belfast, voila. Not just no, that you're a smart fast, guy, you know? and that's yeah. why I like you so much. But thank you very much, Tony. The last 18 Stanley Cup winners. I shave everywhere, by years. the way. Nice and clean, yeah, modern. Yeah, you go to that clinic there. Uh, yeah, Murphy uh, Clinic. Murphy Clinic. Laser but hair I, removal. Yeah. <laughs> but I could tell you, the last 18 Stanley Cup winners. Yeah. Have a few things in common. How many years average you had at the NHL? What was the age of the player, more or less, and what size they have? This is something that is non-negotiable. You have one exception in the last 18 years. I'd be, willing, this- I'd be willing to say it. I don't have the information in front of me. I'd be willing to say that the average NHL Stanley Cup champion height on a team is at least 6'1". Their weight is at least 208. And their and their age is at an average age of probably I would say twenty seven or twenty eight. So I, let me tell you something. You yeah. you you're wrong on the age. You're wrong. Let me tell yeah. you. I'll surprise you. Yeah. Colorado Avalanche twenty six point five. The Cats were twenty six four, twenty six nine. Which you guys said twenty eight. He's giving me twenty six point four, twenty six point five, twenty six point nine. I told you twenty seven. Okay. The average altogether is twenty six point five. Okay, and I, and I said oh, 27. 27 you, no, 20, I heard 28. So no, I'm no, sorry. no, 26.5. Rounded off is 27. Okay, so you got it. Technically, I'm right. So the, those teams that won the Stanley Cup just, were I'm an sorry. average of 26.5. The Montreal Canadian team that I just put there is going to be 26.4. Wow. But I'll go even further. You were right on another. You're almost there. It's, the yeah. average height of those teams is six one and a half. I said six one, but you're going to tell me six one and a half, which actually rounded off is six two. So I'm off. And that's going to be exactly the size of the Canadian. I'll go even further more. It might be put together a Stanley Cup contender. We need to put together a Stanley Cup contender. We need a calculator and a calculus teacher. No, but listen, that's why analytics, Tony, is so important now. You're right. There's a reason. Yeah. And I will tell you the last thing that nobody knows that no one pays attention. Yeah. Stanley Cups. You know, people say you need those veterans. You need those veterans to be to win a cup. Yeah, in the in the forwards and defense core that I put, other than Madison, you yeah. don't have that many guys of 35, 38 years old. 
The truth of the matter is that the last 15 years, Stanley Cup winners had an average of 5.4 years in the NHL. That's including the old guys. The Montreal Canadiens, because they promoted guys like Slavkowski, like Caulfield, mm. like Dak, like mm. Suzuki, like Newhook, all, and on defense, Gouley and all these guys, they will be at 6.1 years of experience at that point, which would place them the most experienced squad since 2005. This guy does his homework and let the record be shown or and be known that the uh, the data shows that the best sports podcaster, hockey podcaster, notably in the world, is uh, 5'10", 250, 50 years old. Can That's you take a point. guess? In goal, in goal, in nets. This guy's the best. Whoa! You see Saros. I see the Montreal Canadian need to go out there and get a goalie. Not going to happen. It's not enough what we have. We're not gonna. We're not gonna have a. Caden Primor is not gonna be that goalie. We no. all do respect. Okay? You've already determined that, huh? Mont- yeah. Listen. Let's not. You know. Let's let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, I mean, we call a spade a spade. Yeah. All right. At the end of the day, uh, I think they're gonna need to get that top tier player. And I think more than ever now, we have some teams that could win the cup with two good goalies. And I think a guy like Saros will come as a UFA. Okay, Montembo. I believe has the potential to be a number one goalie. I'm not saying he's going to be the uh, all-star goalie. He's not going to be Carey Price. But I think you add a guy like Saros, which is top 10 goalie in the NHL, will still be pretty young. He'll arrive here around 28 years old. Okay? I believe that the two of them together is going to be a good tandem. And so, with this this kind of defensive core in front of them, no problem. So a city and a team that usually has a hard time attracting unrestricted free agents, in your opinion, because of Kent Hughes, because of a willingness to overpay, because he's going to go for that cup and he's going to have the cap room, and because of the way they're treating players here and the way they're doing business, leads you to believe that William Nylander will sign as a UFA in 2024, UC Saros will sign as a UFA in 2025, and the Montreal Canadiens will win the Stanley Cup either in 26-27 or 27-28. And that, my friend, is your team. And that is our sick podcast. Tonight was truly sick. David Ettigy, former player agent with the Sports Corporation who represented Carey Price and represent Brendan Gallagher, now of tip-top management, a concierge service to hockey players and athletes all around the world. My friend, another great podcast. Thank you very much. I loved where you went with this tonight. We can agree, you, we can Tony. disagree, but you know what? I love your convictions. To put it out there the way you did, away parla mocha. There you go. It was a pleasure, Tony. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you're watching, like it, share it with your friends, comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. And if you're going to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love for Shane Gaumont and Juliana, Sammy, and Agnello, and Master Control. Their Cavallaro, M. Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature and playground.
your premier gaming destination.